Welcome to the Rise of the Challenge podcast. Joined today, he's a Navy veteran, classic physique champion, and founder of Limitless Coaching. It's Clint Reagan. How are you doing today, Clint? Alex, thank you so much, man. It's an honor to be on here. It's an honor to be able to tell my story, to be able to help impact, uplift, and motivate others. And I cannot wait to get into this. We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what you like doing growing up. Okay, so I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania. It's called Sailorsburg. Um, I pretty much, I grew up there most of my life. I was born in Salisbury, Maryland. And then soon after that, I moved over um, down to Salisbury. And then I was in Sailorsburg from that from that time on. And then what did I like to do in when I was growing up? Yep. Honestly, I was a very active kid. I was very blessed. Um, I got a four-wheeler when I was 16, ride my four-wheelers with my friends. I actually had, I was on eight acres and we had a retention pond. So we actually made like jumps and things in, we had woods that we would go through and I was just crazy. I was a crazy, crazy kid. Like when I remember I went around a turn at 70 miles an hour and it was wet outside. So, you know, I tried to spin the quad so I could just like skid through it. I caught a, a dry spot and I flipped into a stop sign and I don't know how I didn't die to me. I held on too. I held on the whole time and I don't know how I didn't die, but I think God was looking up to me. Thank you, Lord. Um, and, um, and I, and I was good to go, but yeah, I would love to go out with my friends. Honestly, I love to go fishing, cliff jumping. Like I was very active when I was younger and I played soccer for 11 years as well. You kind of talked about different outdoor activities. When you're on a quad, did you prefer that extreme riding than a normal 16-year-old oh, yeah. that just wants to drive oh, yeah. a car? Oh, yeah. I'm talking about like popping wheelies up the driveway, going <laughs> as fast as I can through the neighborhoods, getting calls from my parents because like, hey, your son's on the road again. He just flew past me. I was not uh, the the goody two shoes <laughs> kind of kid, I guess you'd say, growing up. But do you feel that you're kind of rebellious doing those kind of Oh, activities? yes. Oh, 100%. 100%. What do you feel that your main goal was growing up? Did you have a path? Did you have that dream job that you wanted? Mm -mm. No, I was a snowboard instructor for three years. And then um, from there, I was also a whitewater raptor instructor for three years. So I did it in season and off season. Um, and then I was a dishwasher. I was a server, never had the job that I never really focused on a job. To be honest, I didn't, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go to college because I'm not very educated when it comes to most of these things. Um, I parted my life away in my, in my high school senior year because my parents got a divorce and they left me a 4,000 square foot mansion. I was literally living in by myself and I had the biggest parties known to man in my school district. Like if you talk to anybody from 2011, Pleasant Valley high school you will they will tell you like yes Clint's parties were insane and listen we had no water in the house right the water got shut off and oh. I remember it was snowing and we had people throw ice on the tile and they were sliding on the tile as like it was like ice skating and then somebody literally slipped hit their head cracked open all the way down the middle and I'm like trying to put ice in a cup so that we can literally just have it melt so we have water to give these people. We had a keg with beer, but we didn't have water at all. We were doing it all wrong. Having those parties, sometimes people say that it might be for like show or you wanted that attention. Was that kind of where you were going with? You wanted to be like the big man on campus in a way. 100%. 100%. You see, the big thing when I grew up in high school, I wasn't liked. Right, I, I never fit in with the cool people. I always tried to hang out with the cool people because I, I remember I tried to be Eminem one year, right? I was like, Eminem's cool. I'm going to dye my hair. I'm going to wear the black 
you know, the black, the black pants and the white t-shirt. I got a gold chain. Like I got made fun of that, that whole time. I just tried to be somebody that I wasn't Mm -hmm. for, for so long. And then when I realized that people started to like me because I was throwing parties, I was like, wow, like people like me, like, this is cool. Like people hit me up and be like, Hey Clint, dude, when's the next party, man? I can't wait to come through. But you know, I soon realized that those people only liked me because of those parties. Cause when I stopped throwing the parties, those people weren't in my life anymore. I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of times people see that and when they're going to college where it's like the persona that people prefer them to be. And I'm someone that if you don't like me for who I am, I don't even want to be associated or be around you because I wouldn't feel authentic. I wouldn't feel like myself being someone I'm not. Yes. You know, it's a big thing I learned during this journey is authenticity and vulnerability will get you a lot longer way in life than it will when you just try to be someone you're not because I've done both right and when I was authentic and I told my story and when you're going to hear my story you're going to be like oh wow okay that resonates a lot more than than this just fitness and nutrition coach that posted his body all the time Mm -hmm. and I tried to get clients that way and it didn't work as much as when I said hey guys I hit depression I went through these things tried to kill myself multiple times like that resonates with people because they have been there yeah, And I've overcame it and I can help you overcome it as well. You talked about the variety of jobs that you were going through, you're doing. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a moment that you're like, maybe I know a path that I want to end mm-hmm. up going? Like one of these jobs maybe hit a certain skill that I think I can pursue or I'm good at and I want to go even farther. Always been a leadership in a leadership role, right? So like when you're a whitewater instructor and a snowboard instructor, you're leading people. Mm -hmm. So at at a young age, I always knew that I wanted to lead somebody in some different way and somehow and teach someone something, but I never could lock onto what that was because I didn't start lifting until I got into the military. Mm -hmm. When I first, when I got back from boot camp, I lost 35 pounds. I put on muscle. When I came back from boot camp and I went back to my hometown, people were like, who is this guy? That's Clint. Wow. Like, that guy changed completely. But then those people wanted to be my friends, the people that made fun of me and the people that didn't invite me to the parties and the people that, like, they all of a sudden wanted to be my friends. I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing all that. I'm not, I'm moving forward in my life. I'm not going backwards because you want me a part of your life. So that was the really big thing for me. I always knew I was going to be in a leadership position. I just wasn't sure how I was going to do it. Talk about making that decision to go to boot camp and be in the Navy. When did that really happen for you? Um, so I graduated high school and I saw the guardian, the movie, okay. and I saw the rescue swimmers. Right. And I was like, dude, that's so awesome. I want to fly helicopters like these guys. So I was like, well, if I get into the Navy and I learn how to work on the helicopters, then I'll know how they work. And then I can go into another program and I can fly. And I was like, that's perfect. That was my goal. That was my dream. That's exactly what I wanted to do. So I got into the Navy. I worked on F-18s first in Washington state and with be island and then for six years i went and worked on helicopters ma 60 romeo helicopters in the navy but what happened was that leadership role took place in a partying role right i was now a leader in partying i was liked because i partied you see i got kicked out of the military for drugs i popped on your analysis for cocaine and molly but luckily i I got full benefits, honorably discharged because they never signed for the urinalysis on the receiving end. So it was completely voided. 
looking at the time that you were in the Navy, what was the mm-hmm. biggest thing it taught you about yourself? Oh, man. In that eight years, um, I think I learned about disciplines, respect, leadership in a whole different level because I had people underneath me that I know I had to guide and push into the right direction. And I had a lot of people look up to me in fitness because that's when I started to compete. Mm-hmm. When I started to step on stage, when I started to do my meal preps, when I started to actually take my body seriously, I learned that to be in shape is much more than just your body. It's your mental because I can get up early. I can go to the gym. I can then go to work. I can work all day long and be completely fine and then go out that night or go to dinner or whatever it might be. And I still had the energy to do it. And I'm seeing these people. I don't know if you, the military is not as in shape as people think it is. You guys see those naval commercials and you see these army commercials and you're like, man, these guys are badasses. We have problems with overweight people in the military. And it's quite sad because I was a CFL at one time, a certified fitness leader. And I would, I would lead the FEP, which is like the fat people camp, right? And these are people that couldn't make tape, couldn't make their weigh-ins, couldn't make any of the things they needed to, to pass their PRT, their physical readiness test. So I was there in a leadership position there as well, helping these people. And that's, that's honestly truly when I knew that I was going to do something with fitness and I wasn't sure what it was going to be yet. You mentioned discipline and moving fasting forward to where you are today. Discipline probably plays a big part in what you do with coaching and how you live day by day. Was that one of those, you know, how people take words or attributes? Is that something that is passion for you is discipline, not just for you, but the people that you work with or the people that you surround yourself with? Oh, for sure. Uh, The biggest thing I realized was, so give you some context. I'm in San Diego right now. Three years ago, I was in San Diego. I had no discipline in my life. I partied. I did drugs. I worked for Omnia and Park. I worked for these top clubs. I was a promoter. You know, I was literally just going out, getting people to get bottle service, drinking, having fun Thursday through Sunday, still working out, still maintaining my physique, but mentally I wasn't where I needed to be. Disciplinary actions didn't exist in my life. The people in my life had no discipline in their life. Mm -hmm. But when I come back here three years later, and I'm a changed person and I see those people and they've transformed as well. And now they have God in their life and now they're disciplined and now they have children or they have kids or their business is thriving because that's what discipline gives you. And discipline is the fact that you can say no, that you have boundaries in your life. Because what I was, I was a yes man. I said yes to everything. Clint, go to this party. Clint, go to this after a birthday party. Go to this place. Go support this person. Go. I was supposed to be in the gym today. I was supposed to be in the gym right now. And I told myself, if I go to the gym, how many people am I going to impact there with my story? None. But if I get on this podcast and I talk to you and people hear this and three years later, they might reach out to me and say, hey, Clint, listen, you changed my life, man. I listened to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. And something that you said really just, I changed one thing in my life and, and now I'm 40 pounds down where I made that decision to get out of that relationship or whatever that might be. That's what truly sets me on fire. So the discipline is what you do every single day to be the person you want to become. I love hearing that. And especially with nowadays when people connect with people, 
it's yeah. more, if you are open, authentic, real, yes. what you've gone through, I think a yeah. lot of people will catch on to that person. They want to learn even more because there's relatability. They might yeah. not have been like out there sharing their own story, but yeah. maybe they didn't feel ready. But that one person says something that really catches on and that can make yeah. a huge impact in their life, even if it's a small bit. And that's yes. what I... I feel even with my own story, if I can help yeah. someone or if I can connect with one person to me, that, that makes my day because it's yeah. all about building that community. Yes. I love that. I love that hundred percent. And speaking of that, I want you on my podcast so I can hear your story so yeah. you can help my audience and you can impact them in a certain way. Cause I haven't heard your story yet either. And I, I can't wait to, cause that's how you connect with people, right? Like while I'm in San Diego, it's really hard to describe to people that I'm on a 90 day road trip. My car is in Chicago. I'm, I'm here for a whole different reason. I'm moving back in January. I went through a 12 month depression. I had a fitness and nutrition company that did a half a million dollars. I coached 250 people. Like it's really hard to tell a story like that without giving you my whole Ted talk. Yeah. But what happens is you tell them that story and then they realize like, wow, this person is open. This person is vulnerable. I can tell this person anything and he's not going to judge me. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not, I have been through hell and back, but I don't, I want to know your story. How can I serve you? How can I help you in any way possible by a relationship, by a network, a connection, whatever it might be. Hey, are you, do you need help on your fitness and nutrition journey? Awesome. Here's some resources, man. Here's a workout plan, Here's a nutrition plan. Follow this. Reach out to me in three months. Tell me how you feel. Tell me how you, did you lost 40 pounds? Incredible. Take that on and take it to the next person and pay it forward. Because that's truly what life's about. I 100% agree. You talked about the reasonings that you got discharged. Was that a big wake-up call for you for what was next to come where maybe I need to check on what's going on in my life mentally, physically, emotionally? Or did that lead you down a different path? You know, what's crazy is uh, when I had that discharge, I just competed in a competition 2017. I won the Sean Ray Classic overall, stepped off stage with a gold medal. Four months later, my thyroid stopped working because I took so many steroids. I gained 45 pounds. This is the first time I tried to commit suicide. I put a gun to my head, and you would think that would change my life, right? You would think that mentally I would be like, okay, you got to change something, Clint. But no, I was so far gone in that what happened to me that I tried to literally just cure myself or try to get rid of that pain with drugs, with alcohol, with partying, because I turned into a whole different person. You understand 45 pounds on somebody when they imagine 45 pounds on you, you're going to look like a whole different person. And I just stepped off stage four months ago. I was in the best shape of my life. And now I'm walking around in my command, looking like a roly poly, oly can't even fit into my uniform. And people are asking me, Clint, what's going on, man? I hear you're getting discharged. I hear you got a thyroid problem. I hear you try to commit suicide. Like I had everything I could possibly think of at that time, like pushing down on me. But what I tell myself is, Clint, you had to go through those things. You had to go through through those things so you can rise to the challenge. So you can help other people. And that's just part of my story now. Did that kind of get you motivated to start your own business and kind of want to be your own boss, make an impact in people's lives any way that you can? Yeah. What happened was, um, I, 
I stopped working with a person that I did after I got out of the military. I moved to San Diego. I did all those things. I met somebody from Oregon and we met doing drugs. So this is, this, this, uh, I was so naive at the point. Okay. I was doing private security for the president at that time. I was traveling around doing all the Trump rallies. I did like, I went to 26 different States at that time. I was literally flying back and forth, back and forth. And then what happened was I met this woman and then she's like, Hey, move in with me in Orlando. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that sounds great. Yeah. You're amazing. Like we met, I think you're amazing. I think we're going to fall in love. Everything. I go there, COVID hits. Okay. You really meet, you really know somebody when COVID hits. Let me tell you that. Like yeah. you were going to stay with them in that house for a very long time. And what we, what did we do? We partied because that's all we could do. And I'm trying to start a fitness and nutrition coaching business. I'm missing sales calls because I was too hungover the next day. I'm missing the things that truly matter to me to help me grow as myself because I was trying to, the best word to put it is put somebody else in front of me before myself to literally whatever she needed. So a big turning point for me was I was with her best friend. She left me for three hours, went with a complete stranger, went and did something. You probably could guess what it was. Came back like nothing happened. And I said, that's it. I'm, I'm done. That's the last straw. She kicked me out the next day. I slept on a couch for six months. I grew limitless coaching to what it is. And um, then the next story begins. With limitless coaching, what's the big mission you have with the people you work with and the corporate mission in a way? So for me, um, at first, it was to help as many people as I possibly could in fitness, in nutrition, and mindset, right? Because I know that's a huge, huge pillar when it comes to it. But then what I started to notice is I wanted to do something totally different that I've never seen before in a coaching industry. So I wanted to incorporate an optimization protocol, hormone replacement therapy, and blood work. So I partnered with Aspire Rejuvenation. It was my first company. So we offered that nationwide. So all of our clients got full metabolic panels, blood work, they had a consultation with a doctor, where you find out where your TR, where your HRT, I'm sorry, not your HRT, where your testosterone is, your thyroid, because you understand, I, I had problems with that. And when I got that fixed, I could lose the 45 pounds. And the men and the women that were coming to me and they got their blood work done, they saw that they were tired all the time. They couldn't lose weight. They had all of these different hormonal problems. And I said, have you ever gotten your blood work done? And when's the last time you got your blood work done? And we find out their testosterone is at 237 and we get it raised up to an 800 to 1,000. And their life completely changed in front of their eyes. Their wife loves them again. They're losing weight. They feel better about themselves. They have more energy. And then I thought, okay, what else do you need? We need supplements. Okay, perfect. I got with first form. Now we send supplements to our clients. Then what else do we need? We need meal preps because people can't, Stay on track. So we send meal preps to our clients. And I realized, wow, I'm getting into a niche that is very CEO, business, entrepreneur focused. So that's where my focus went. And I joined masterminds. I joined Apex. I joined Lion's Den. I joined Arate. I joined all these masterminds that had my avatar in them so I could meet them. And if they needed my help, I could, again, rise to the challenge and help them be and be the best version of themselves. You talked about those different companies that you partnered with and something that not a lot of coaches are doing out there is being partnered yes. with these big names. Yes. Do you feel that having that opportunity, they were really getting to know you as an individual oh, yes. and not really knowing the past you, they are seeing yes. what you're doing today 
what you're yes. trying to accomplish. And that's why it works so well together. Oh, 100%. And you got to understand, like every person I met, the CEO and founder of each one of those companies. Oh, actually, I didn't meet Andy Frisella. That's, that's, I did not do that. But I want to meet Andy Frisella one day. Um, but when I told them my story and I told them why I created this coaching business, they were like, I want to help you in any way I can. Because your story sells. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to bring you on because you're this aesthetic looking coach. Yeah. You want to have a story behind something, something that they can like tangibly, they can feel like, wow, like you really want to help people. And I want to help you. Because when I work with somebody, I want to know their core values. I want to know what they're behind. I want to know what they represent before when I work before I work for a brand or work with a brand. Because there's so many brands out there that do not follow or be where I want to be in the world with whatever is going on. And yeah, that's your name behind that. Mm-hmm. That's you representing that company. So I picked companies that I loved, their core values, their mission statement, everything about them. I met with them. And then also products that I used. I yeah. used every one of them. Because if you don't use them, you don't know how you don't know how they are. You don't know how they work in your life. And they changed my life. When I started using first form, when I started using icon meal preps, when I started using all these different things, I realized how fast my cha- my physique changed, how easy it was to stay on track. And that's what I want to show people that if you prepare, you are going to be exactly where you need to be. If you fail to prepare, prepare to fail. It's a very simple equation. You talked about these mastermind groups that you've been a part of. What has been the biggest outcome that you've seen from you going and being a part of those? Oh, well, the biggest thing is iron sharpens iron, first of all. So you need to be a part of a group that's much bigger than you, that people are doing better than you, and to get in rooms that you're not supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was in rooms with six, seven, eight, nine figure people that I could talk to. And they would give me advice. They've been there. They've owned businesses for 15 years. They understood how to do this. They understood how to scale. They have had. They have 100 employees. I'm a small guy coming into a big pond. Yep. I'm literally just starting my business. I'm super excited. I can't wait. And I'm so glad I went through what I went through because I learned so much when it comes to entrepreneurship that I didn't have a scalable business. I did everything in my coaching business. And the first thing they tell you is like, okay, you want to replace yourself as soon as possible. But the problem is everybody wanted to work with me. And I was like, well, if I hire a coach, are they going to want to work with you? Yeah. And then, so <laughs> so now now when it comes to it and what we're doing is a as a relaunch, um it's going to be completely different. You know, I'm going to have coaches, I'm going to have customer acquisition, I'm going to have sales, I'm going to have a full marketing platform. And and the person that I'm working with was a prior client of mine who went through my program and he knows how impactful it was. And that's the best part about it is I was like, wow, like you want to be a part of something that you've been through and you're going to change the lives with me as your life has already been changed. Incredible, honestly. It just shows you never know the people that you work with, the people you meet, what the future looks like. A client of yours ends up being almost a business partner with you in a way and wants to be a part of that mission statement that you have to make a difference, make an impact in the future people that you do work with. It's just awesome. It just shows that the power of networking nowadays and how important it is to go out there, talk, meet, message people because 
you never know what you'll get out of it. And you might find something new that you're passionate even about. Biggest thing I learned on this, on this trip or, or just in general is like life is not about monetary value. Yeah. Life was so focused on transactional relationships for so long. Life is about building relationships, building communities, building connection with these people and not how can I serve myself? How can I serve you? That's the question everybody who's listening to this should ask yourself. When you meet somebody, how can I serve you? What do you need? How can I help you? Who can I connect you with? I have a friend of mine who's in real estate. I see her in real estate. Let me connect you guys. I have a friend of mine who's a mortgage officer or a loan officer. Let me connect you guys. It's like these type of things that they're going to see and they're going to be like, wow, you care truly about me and where I'm going. And then they're going to care about you. So always ask that question. How can I serve you? I want to talk a little bit about this journey that you've been on, the traveling yeah. aspect. We actually had a guest on previously who was a friend of yours, Eduardo, and yes, kind of yes, talked about his his version of the journey and what he's learned. And I want to talk about that for you. What yeah. has that journey been like? And what was the main goal you're wanting to see and learn from it? So for me, I was very, very hesitant on going on this journey. You have to understand, I was at a 14-month depression. I was at the end. July 6th is the day we started this road trip. I didn't want to leave my room because it was a safe place for me. Eddie would come and bang on my door every single day to get me out of bed. I wouldn't turn on the light when I went to shower. I didn't want to look at myself. I was so ashamed of the person that I became. So for, for me, it was like taking that next step. And when I took that next step, we laid out a game plan of how we're going to get back to where we need to be. And we understood that we need to get the healthy habits back into our life that we had a year ago or 14 months ago. Mm -hmm. So what we did was said, we're going to wake up at 6 a.m. every day. We're going to see the sunrise. We're going to read 10 pages of a book. Doesn't matter what it is. It's probably going to be self-development, though. We're going to pray. We're also going to read a men in leadership book that has prayer and Bible verses in it. We're going to eat a nutritious new like a meal plan because he's on prep right now for competition so i literally just did his prep while i was on the road rotisserie chicken white rice some avocado some almonds pretty much it and a banana i think super easy <laughs> and, and then um we worked out every day no matter what seven days a week we worked out and also we had to connect with five people every day so all those relationships that i pushed away all the people in my life, my best friends, my family, I rekindled those relationships. I reached out to those people. I apologize. I said, hey, this is what I went through. I'm getting back to myself. I'm not where I am right now. I'm healing. But I want to let you know I'm, I'm happy that you're in my life. And whatever I can do to help you and serve you, please let me know. And they've seen my journey over this last 90 days. And it's honestly like incredible. Like when I look at myself 90 days ago, I don't even recognize myself. Uh, it, it's it's wild what one God can do when you bring him into your life Two, what habits and healthy habits can do going out in the sun is another thing we did 15 minutes in the sun every single day because get that vitamin D drink a gallon of water a day. We just started to implement those healthy habits. And as we went day by day, we focused on winning the day instead of focusing on at the end of this road trip. I think so many people focus on where the destination is rather than the journey. Yep. And we focused on the journey that we were on, the people we were seeing, the impact we were making, and it just got better and better as we went. 
During that road trip, was there any spots that you had never been to or was like worthy and it was exciting when you got there? Yes, dude. Mount Zion, incredible. Crater National Park was incredible. Uh, Glacier National Park was truly amazing. Uh, We went cold plunging at Glacier. We went on a five-mile hike, went cold plunging in the water. Uh, um, Garden of of Gods in Colorado. What else? Um, I've been to San Francisco in a long time. That was was very, very interesting. Montana was probably the most beautiful place I've ever seen. Yellowstone National Park was incredible. Uh, Mississippi was very different. Um, Very interesting place. We went in the woods there. That was the first, first hike we did, actually. Dallas, Texas, incredible. Uh, we didn't get to go to Austin, but then we went to Houston. No, we didn't go to Houston. Uh, we went to we went to our friend Aunt Andrew Closter's house. I'm not sure where it was, but very country out there. And what's cool is we worked out at different gyms and we told our story and we were able to help people at these different gyms. And then Eddie was able to meet up with clients that he worked with while he was on this road trip and work out with them and see them. And it was that that was one of the coolest things too. And be able to ask people, what can we do to serve you? And we would be able to talk at a treatment center or talk wherever it might be to impact and motivate others and be like, hey, guys, this is where we were. This is where we are now. And how can we help you? After this road trip is over, or do you plan on creating another one? Because you see how much fun you had, the enjoyment you got out of it. Mm. Is there always that future road trip and (laughs) a different kind of vision you have for it? We thought we thought about um, making this like a, a annual thing, but not as long as it is right now. For <laughs> sure, like maybe like you know what's funny is I have to go. Um, I have to go on another road trip uh, when I get back to Tampa, right? So I'm getting out of my lease in Tampa, Florida, and I'm road tripping back to San Diego because that's where I'm going to live now. Ooh. And I'm moving out of Tampa, Florida because I have a much bigger purpose to serve here, hosting holistic wellness events. And creating something called the Nexus, which means a collaborative of people. And then the motto is the next us. So that's going to be my next movement that I do along with the fitness coaching. And then also I'm going to go to school out here as well um, because the military pays pretty well and I can get my degree while I'm out here. That's awesome. You talked about earlier that the outside, being outdoors was something that you loved doing growing up. Do you kind yes. of fill that with what you were doing during this road trip where you're experiencing the mountains, doing that glacier cold plunge? You're kind yes. of relive, not reliving, but enjoying your childhood memories, but enjoying it where you are today because that made you excited. That brought positivity for you. Yeah, it was one of the hardest things for me to do, honestly, because uh, Eddie loves the outdoors, man. Loves camping. Loves camping in 31 degree weather. I'm not a camper. I'm, I'm a, I'm a glamper. Okay. Let me put me in somewhere. Put me in an RV. Yeah. Put me in an RV. Put me in something that has like a bathroom. You know, that's, that's what I want to do. So we camped twice while we were here. Um, but yeah, being in the outdoors is just nature. There's something about it that's very, very calming. And the places that we went, like the Narrows in Mount Zion was a very spiritual place. It's a 15 mile hike. And sometimes the water is up to our chest and it was insane the way we felt afterwards and just like the opening of our hearts. And we were just very, very grateful of where we were at that time. You talked about health and fitness has been a big part of your journey compared Mm -hmm. where you are today to where you were doing at the national physique championships. 
where do you see your path that you've been on? Do you prefer the kind of the style back then? Or do you feel that you're in a different mindset now? Your physique's different where you are today and you're enjoying where you're seeing your body is testing itself. Oh, for sure. Enjoy it now compared to then. I was, I was just too big. Like mm-hmm. I was a big, big, big guy. And I didn't realize it until now I, I'm more of a natural physique because I'm not on anything. And the thing about it is like, I'm much more functional. You know, I'm 215 pounds by the end of 75 hard. I'll probably be down to 205. I'll be the leanest I've ever been. But I also realized like I have the most energy. I have more muscle mass. The more, the leaner you get, the bigger you look, right? Because your muscle actually forms down. It's like a plastic bag. It sucks into the muscle. So you're actually going to see the muscle bellies more. So you're going to be able to fill out your shirt better. You're going to have a better V taper. Like you're going to be able to see the physique. And that's truly what I want to be. I don't want to be any bigger. My whole goal is functionality at this point. What I do is I do two, two hit days a day or a week. And then I work out. Well, right now I have to do two days, you know, of workouts because I'm on 75 hard. But for me, it's more about health and wellness than anything. I don't care about being big anymore. I care about longevity. I care about going in cold plunges. I care about infrared saunas. I care about saunas. I care about taking care of my health in a much better way because there, all I was trying to do was step on stage Mm -hmm. and get a trophy, right? I wasn't doing it for myself. I was doing it for other people. It was awesome. Don't get me wrong. It was the coolest feeling in the world when you step on that stage and people are like, like, Clint Riggin, number one. Like that's a, that's great feeling. But then I realized as I get older and I mature that I want to help other people in a bigger way, optimize their health and show them that you don't have to do all that. But if you want to, we can prep for it. Just let, I'm going to let you know that in 16 weeks, you are going to feel a certain way. You're going to be hungry all the time. You're going to be training. You, your relationships may have a dip and dive because it's exactly what happened to me. I was in a relationship during my prep. I told her the last eight weeks, I said, hey, listen, this last eight weeks is going to be tough. Let me let you know that right now. I got to train a lot. I got to do a lot. I have a lot of things I got to focus on. And this is all I care about is winning. I still love you, but you're kind of in the back end of the competition right now. Obviously, I'm going to let you know that relationship didn't work out. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's a learning lesson in everything we do in life, right? We fail forward. I'm glad that I went through all that. I'm glad I stepped on stage. But now it's a much bigger opportunity for me to show people, especially with the transformation I've made now, to give people hope. You know, I made a post on my Facebook today uh, just about giving people hope and showing people, hey, guys, listen, you can do this. Like, it's possible. You just need to literally put your head down. Don't worry about what other people think. And then put in the work. It kind of goes back to the word discipline. Like you have to have mm-hmm. that discipline to do it. And I think yeah. a lot of people just want the snap of the fingers and make the results happen. But I've been on my own fitness journey. And even for the amount of years I've been doing it, it's taught me a lot about myself of what I can and can't do. But it's more yeah. what I can now do. And yeah. be able to show like, I'm a diabetic and saying that diabetes isn't going to stop me from doing the right. Did a tough mutter doing, wanting to do more, but Mm -hmm. it's more giving me more confidence. And I know there's a lot more work to go, but it's so exciting to, and my friends think I'm crazy for getting up at 5am every day, but 
To me, <laughs> if I get it done at 5 a.m., I feel so more energized the rest of the day and it's worth it at the end. Yes. Yes. Let me tell you this. I, when I ran my company, I was up at 3.30 a.m. every <laughs> single day. I had a 4 a.m. operations meeting in Australia. I went to the gym at 5 a.m. I got back at 6. I had calls from 7 to 6 every day. So you want to you want to talk about you want to talk about some stress and you talk about like I thought that was the millionaire morning, though. I thought literally that that's exactly what I had to do to be where I needed to be. You know, I, I think we. I think we try to be somebody we want to be by following other people. Yeah. And what I realized was success is different for everyone. Some people don't want to be millionaires, right? I could care less about being a millionaire. Mm-hmm. Cause you know what happens in California? 60% of that's going to go to taxes anyway. Yeah. Right. So you just made $400,000 and then, Oh, well that's definitely not going to be profit. Yeah. So like I learned all these things. 33% goes to taxes. You need to have a life insurance policy. You need to be able to put your money in different ways. You need to do investments. Like I didn't know all that when I first started business. I was at a point where I was making $50,000 a month and not caring about anything and buying whatever I wanted. And then I got that my tax bill and it was 23 grand. Oh. I was like, Shh. I was like, oh my God, what is this? And my one of my mentors was like, Clint, you make a lot of money, you pay a lot of money. Yep. Welcome to the world. <laughs> so yeah, man, it's it's all about perspective and it's all about the things you go through and and how you look at life, to be honest. Talking about content creation, you're someone that posts, especially during the 75 hard, you're posting your journey that you've been on and we're all following and seeing the path yeah. you've been on. Do you feel that when you're posting the picture right in the morning, it kind of gives yeah. you motivation? Like, I know where I want to go, but this isn't going to end after 75 days. This is just the oh, beginning sure. of that chapter. And it kind of, when people are watching it, they're not judging you because, oh, you're taking a photo on social media. They're like, is motivating me to want to become the best version of myself. Yes, exactly. So you know what? I used to post for myself before. And then I realized I'm going to post for other people. Like I take that picture in the morning, one, because I have to take a progress picture and it does a check in the box, right? But mm-hmm. two, it's to motivate you to get up, get off your ass and get your day started. And sometimes it might be 4.30 in the morning. Sometimes it might be 5 a.m. in the morning. All depends when my mental clock wakes up and what time I go to bed. But I take that picture to show, hey, guys, listen, one day tomorrow will be day 42, right? I'll put day 42, and I'll probably put a Bible verse underneath it. Mm-hmm. Or I'll put something motivational so you can wake up in the morning and you can see it. And it's not because I'm in my underwear. It's just the easiest thing to do because I just roll <laughs> out of bed. And then I take the picture. like, And then you can see the, you can see the lines and the striations more and like, because I want to be able to see the progress and what everybody should do who's listening to this should take a progress photo and you don't have to do it every day, but do it every week. You should be competing against yourself to be the best version of yourself each day. And if that means taking a progress photo each week and then you look at yourself and be like, wow, like I made a lot of progress in this last two weeks. Yeah. Like I'm doing great. Cheer yourself on. You're doing amazing. But the problem is the thoughts that go into our head and the messages that we go out to the world is how we're going to be perceived. So when I thought I was a piece of shit and I thought I was, I had nothing and I thought I was ugly 
I thought I gained all this weight and I was 45 pounds overweight and all these things. That's how people looked at me because that's the things that I thought. See, confidence comes within. And if you're confident in yourself, you're going to be confident in the world. But it starts with you today. It's the biggest mental game out there. Mm -hmm. And like, because I think everyone's worried about what are other people are going to think about me. And I've kind of tried to take it in my own head is, I don't care what people think about me. I'm doing it for And I'm going to go do whatever I want. If people like it, cool. If they don't, that's fine. You're going to have haters out there, basically. But you have to do it for yourself because you want to be the longevity in your health, the longevity in your energy. You want to just feel good about yourself and feel good in what you're wanting to achieve. The biggest thing too is like, as you transform yourself, you're going to transform those people around you. Yes. That's your, that's your biggest thing for those who have a family, for those who have kids, your kids are watching you every every single day. So when you transform and you lose weight and you feel healthier and you can run with your kids and your kids realize that, and they'll remember that, believe me, that you were able to play with them and you had that time with them. There's so many parents out there that can't get off the couch and play with their kids. It's sad. The biggest thing that Eddie taught me was he wanted to change generational trees. He wanted to change the daddy and the mommy, right? Because that's what truly matters. You transform yourself. You transform those around you. You start to lead the right way. You're going to lead them in the right direction. When you're not working, when you're not working out, what does Clint like to do for fun? What what are you doing on your days that you're just enjoying? Yeah, well, it used to be work. <laughs> I mean, that I can be enjoyed, I will say. I mean, that's literally, like, literally Monday through Sunday, that's all I did was work. And I, and I realized, like, that my social battery literally just drained. And I did nothing. So Sundays, I will go to the gym. I'll do my mobility. I'll do my training. But that's a day for me. That's a day for myself. Usually, I'll go watch football with some friends. I'll relax. I won't touch my phone. I'll make my posts in the morning. I'll do what I need to do. But... For that, I I just want to be present. Mm -hmm. I want to be present around the people with me. When I come back to San Diego, I'll be hosting family dinners. We'll be doing themes. Like, I want to bring people together. Because you understand, like, we just had a hard week. So when we didn't didn't really get that connection. So the best thing we can do is create that connection on a Sunday. Have a family dinner. And a big thing for me is I I didn't have family dinners when I was growing up. My parents were working all the time. So I had to make Hot Pockets most of the time. Right? So that was the two minutes in. Hot Pockets are good. There's dinner right there. Bam. Love Hot Pockets. Never, I haven't eaten a Hot Pocket in I probably like 10 years, to be honest. Just because like I ate them all the time. So for me, it's like really taking that time and being with people that I love and care about, but being present. You know, when I went through my depression, a big thing that I learned as depression is looking in the past. Anxiety is looking in the future. But if we can focus on the present, you won't be able, you won't worry about any of those. So I started to focus on the present, put my phone down, stop looking at the messages I get, stop looking at the Instagram DMs, whatever it might be, and know that those people are still going to be there and I can reach out to them later. But how about whatever moments you get with the people in front of you, you're never going to get that moment again. So take that time and truly embody it and enjoy yourself while you have that. You talked about family dinners. What are you going to cook? Are you a chef? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I did meal preps. I'm not a chef at all. I can't cook. <laughs> I'm really good at, I'm, I'm good at breakfast. I can make you some protein pancakes all day long. 
and some like really good eggs, but uh, maybe some cereal. That's super easy though. Um, <laughs> for, me, um, for me, it's like my friends are really good cooks. Like some of my friends are executive chefs and like, it's, it's super cool that they can come over and they'll like, they'll do their chefing and they'll make some amazing meals. But uh, for the most part, I think we're gonna do like potluck style. I love right? that. So everybody, everybody brings something in. Maybe we'll do like a Greek theme, like a Mexican theme or whatever it might be. And then we'll all just enjoy each other. Talk about life, talk about business opportunities, talk about networking, talk about their family. How are their kids? Like, you know, all of the things that truly matter. I love the potluck idea. I mean, everyone gets, you kind of, you kind of learn a lot about an individual with what they make, like their kind of <laughs> skill set in a way, like, do they go like extravagant? Like to me, I'm going to make the most crazy meal or uh, dish and people are going to be like, this takes yeah. two hours to make. And I'd be like, nah, it's yeah. an hour. But to me, I love cooking like any yeah. dinners or friends dinner. I'm like, just come over to my house. I will cook because I just, yes. I enjoy doing that. And you kind of get the creativity on like what you can come up with. And uh, yeah. I just love it. I mean, I think the important part you mentioned is the networking aspect and getting everyone together and enjoy the time together. And I think that's so important nowadays. You're finding the time. You're not yeah. all saying, I can't do this. You're yeah. putting it in your schedule. And I think it's so important nowadays. Yeah, I'm talking about like I'm sending out evites. Okay. And then you're gonna RSV you're gonna RSVP with me. And I'm gonna know you're coming. You're gonna know the address. You're gonna know exactly where to be. You're gonna know the attire. We're gonna know like what you're gonna bring. I'm gonna have a checklist of everything. Like these are what we need. Pick what you wanna bring. Like that way it's it's everything systematized. Because you know what happens is somebody's like, Oh man, I ran out of time. I couldn't bring anything. I sent the evite a week ago. Yeah. Like you had time. You should have <laughs> planned. And then I also had three alerts that tell you three days ahead of time, two days ahead of time, and 24 hours ahead of time. So I know you got the text messages. I know you got the emails. Like you can't fool me. <laughs> Everyone's going to come uh, suit and tie, full formal dress. Yeah. It's going to be like prom day at one of the dinner parties. I <laughs> feel like, uh, hold on, I got to go shopping right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge? Overcoming obstacles, um, fail forward, right? You guys are going to have so many obstacles when it comes to running a business. You're never going to know what to do moving forward the first time. And imperfect action is better than no action at all, right? So Understand that you don't need a website. You don't need a full marketing team. You don't need all, all these things to push forward to start your first business. What you need to do is tell your story. Yep. You need to tell your story of why you were starting that business. What did you overcome? What are some things and challenges that you faced? And that way you can show them how you rise to the challenge, how you're going to help people, especially in a service-based industry. But also you want to tell your story in a product-based industry too. Because people want to buy from people that they know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. And if you're able to do that, if you're able to resonate with somebody in that nature, and you're able to, they're able to understand, understand you as a person, they're going to want to buy from you. And they're going to continuously buy from you because they promote your brand. They know what you're about. And they want to push a product or a service that truly means something to them. So if anybody has any questions, you guys, I mean, you guys can reach out to me, I'm sure. You know, Alex, you're going to put all my links and all that stuff in here. 
So I love talking to people. I love talking to people about business and anything I can do to help you guys. Well, Clint, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we are excited to see what the future looks like for you. Alex, thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate you. I hope you have a blessed day and everybody who listened, I hope you guys have a blessed day too. And um, if you guys also want to talk about faith and if it's something that's new to you and something that, you know, you, you don't really believe in, but you're, I can promise you that God has worked miracles in my life. And when something, when he came into my life, my life changed. So I'm here to be a safe place and God bless you all. Tune in next time, hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to get the full length episode and video format. What path do you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.